So why are we here, Mike? I think we're here to start a podcast. Hey, buddy. Anything interesting happened this weekend? I'm the funniest person I have a contest. <laughs> you hosted that. I did host it. You and, performed on it. And you were, yeah, you were just, it was a slog for you. It was hard. Because <laughs> you don't even get to do anything fun. You just have to, like, run the clock and then get up and say people's names, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I could do stuff that was fun, but it would just drag the night out. Yeah. And that, like, who wants to sit there for two hours? Yeah. So, good old. It was, it was a fun night. It was a fun night. I, I went first, which I was. I was so glad to go first. Oh yeah. Yeah. Most people don't like that. No, I just. I knew I wasn't going to like win, so it, it, that was not a concern of mine. So I just got to go first, and then I just got to enjoy the show and not have to sit there and perseverate and. Yeah. Be like, what are my jokes again? <laughs> What's the order? I just got to do it and then be done and just laugh the rest of the night. Yeah, there's a lot of really good good comics. There was, it's and, and just everybody doing their best five. Yeah, it's fun to think that like uh, I was full of people who were really working hard at mm-hmm. writing jokes and mm-hmm. performing and. Yeah, and you said, you said that night we started with how many? Forty three. Forty three, and then we had fourteen in the finals. Yeah. Brian, going after my water. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Here he comes. Hey, buddy. Some um, problems, but it, but it was like so nice to have. I mean, it was in Cedar Rapids, mm-hmm. but we had people from Mason City, which is like kind of northwest, yeah, right, two and a half hours away, yeah, close to the Minnesota border. Mm-hmm. People from Des Moines, yeah. People from Davenport, a lot of Quad Cityans, Iowa City. People from Cedar Falls, Cedar Rapids, yeah, obviously. It was, it was, it was I think pretty, one guy, one guy was from Illinois. Came across the border. Oh yeah, yeah. Matt. Yeah. And his night, he said he was from Bloomington, Indiana, but then later he said something about being from Illinois. <laughs> Here we go. Here Come on, we go. Brian. <laughs> Come on, dog. Any other time, you just want to sit in these chairs. Get up here and sit down. Quit being an idiot. <laughs> uh. But yeah, I, I feel like that happens every time. There's always somebody from out of state too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is okay. He was funny. Yeah, he was good. He was. He he was one of the more unique comedians yeah. of the night. There was no one who didn't succeed. Everyone yeah. did a good job. Yeah. There was nobody who froze up. I mean, this is the finals. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody was. But the freeze ups usually happen in the uh, prelims. Oh yeah. I, I think last week there was a freeze up. Yeah. <laughs> I think somebody was just like lost where they were in the joke and then just like stared ahead for an mm-hmm. uncomfortably long time. Yeah, that's okay. It happens. You yeah. got, it's a process to work mm-hmm. through. But we should say, yeah. Leslie Mil- Mitchell yeah. won. And I, I think that was a foregone conclusion. I don't Leslie, think Mitchell, Leslie Mitchell came in first. Uh, Dylan Meek from Mason City came in second. Mm-hmm. Leslie's from the Quad Cities. Mm-hmm. And then Samir uh, Abdul Karim. 
he came in third. Yeah. And I don't know, I've like seen him in Cedar Rapids and Iowa City, in the Quad Cities. I think he currently lives in Chicago, but I, mean, I think he's, he's from the Quad Cities. Yeah, so he moved to Chicago for several years, and now he's back in the Quad Cities. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's a good dude. Yeah, yeah, really nice guy, really funny. Um, uses his experience very well as, like, to carve out a space for himself. Oh, yeah, his lived experience, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. He's a Sudanese guy. There's no doubt in my mind going into that night who was going to win. I mean, it was hers to lose, I thought, going into it. Like, yeah. if she fumbled, she could lose. Mm-hmm. But if she just did what she does, yeah. she's going to win. And she was not going to fumble. No. <laughs> she does not do that. <laughs> Brian, we're going to have it out, buddy. <laughs> get, get, get. Just get the fuck out. his return. <laughs> yeah, I on the cords. So. Well, something zaps out, I guess we'll know Brian got through recording. All right. Well. Oh, by the way, if we're doing some corrections this time, I got one to correct. Got something to correct. All right, should we just move into the... Sure. What, well, what, welcome what, to Wes and Mike Waste Time Watching TV. Season 5, episode... Eight? Eight. eight. Episode 8. And what were we going? To, we came up with the name with this lap for this last time. Something and clarifications. Corrections. Correction and clarifications. Yeah. There we go. I like how we organically just grow <laughs> things. You know, do these things. All right. What's your What's your correction? I said um, the Bee Gees were the boys. They're yeah. the brothers. Gib. Yep. The brothers. Gib. Oh, Brian, you're. Oh, the brothers. Gib. Yeah. Okay. Not the boys. Gib. I also looked up the boys. Gib and could could find no reference to it. The brothers. The brothers. Gib. Okay. I did. I did have that in my. Uh, in my corrections as well. Okay. It's not the boys' gift. Yeah. And I had to bring it up because you never get anything wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one time I'm like, I got, I'm keeping this one in the corrections. Yeah, and then I beat you to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so friend friend of the podcast, Dave Cecil, uh-huh. uh, last time you were, we were talking about your, your, your two's shared love of 70s soft rock. Yeah. And so Dave listened to the last episode. Yeah. And he texted me earlier this week, and he said, "If Mike loves Randy Van Warmer as much as I do, <laughs> Iowa might be my next vacation spot." <laughs> <laughs> and and I just said, "Sure." <laughs> do I know? I don't know that name. Uh, you'll you'll definitely know. Is it the guy? Does he sing the Chevy Van song? Or? I think this is the one where he sings Oh, just about, when I needed you. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love that song. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's a great song. Yeah, I'm so... I'm sure that came up in on your Ambrosia slash... Oh, check it out. Station. The top eight uh, songs by <laughs> Randy Van Warmer on iTunes are just when I needed you. <laughs> I really like that the uh, that uh, seventh album version of it. That's, <laughs> that's hilarious. Favorite, that's my favorite version. Yeah. It's on the uh, 70s Hits Essential... It's on the soft rock, love songs. Yep. So many options. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I probably got played about every eight songs on your Ambrosia Pandora station, I, I imagine. Guarantee you it did. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you, you, you and Dave, if you ever meet, you, you, I'll just introduce you guys, and then you can do what you're going to do, and then I'm going to leave. Okay. No, you need to, <laughs> you need to stick this out. Uh, I've had to listen to Dave talk about soft seventy soft rock too many times to yeah. to do it again. Is Fogelberg too obvious for him? Do you think? Uh, 
Fogelberg. He's never mentioned Fogelberg. I, I, I would imagine he doesn't dislike him. Yeah. But he's not at the top, I assume. Yeah, leader of the band? Come yeah. on. Yeah, it's a good one. Good one. Yeah. Let's move on. No, let's, <laughs> I don't know. There's a tear in my eye just thinking about that. So, um, so there, there was some confusion about the Vicar, mm-hmm. where, where, where uh, um, David... So you call the Vicar, right? Yeah. Uh, we have to ask the Vicar before you before you spread the confetti. When yeah. He was giving uh, Gareth the hole punch. Yeah. And we and we couldn't. So we figured out the Vicar is just a priest mm-hmm. or like the leader of some parish. Mm-hmm. And so the only reference I could find about Vicars and confetti is that you have to ask the Vicar if you can throw confetti in the church during a wedding. Oh. So that's my best guess on that one. There was a name for the thing where you rise to the level of your incompetence. Mm. It's called the Peter Principle. Oh, yeah, I've heard that term. Uh-huh. Based on research by Lawrence J. Peter, who was a, who was a professor at USC. In 1969, he came Oh, Larry this. Peter. Yeah, he, he, he knew some stuff. Yeah, he had a brother. His name was Harry. Different guy. <laughs> I think you called me racist for saying that Norman... I, I said Norman Greenbaum is a funny fun, is a funny name for somebody singing about Jesus. Yeah. And I think you call me racist. Okay. <laughs> but Norman Greenbaum is, in fact, an Orthodox Jew. Orthodox Jew. <laughs> okay. It's just like Metis Yahoo. <laughs> right. Yeah. Ju- Ju- Jewish, uh, Jewish reggae star. Yeah. He's, he's Orthodox, too. He's got the... Oh, yeah. He, he wears the outfit. And, mm. Yeah. I guess everybody who's Orthodox probably wears the outfit, right? Uh, probably not. Um, so I got this one, the Bee Gees, not the boys, Gib. Yeah. <laughs> I just got it. I had to do that one again. Okay. And then at one point we were talking about, uh, at the end of the last episode or the one before, about sort of like work and capitalism, and, and that I use that term bread and roses, but it's bread and circuses, where the idea is just like governments just keep their population passive by making sure they're fed and they're entertained mm. and uh and then that way people don't think too be- too much about how shitty their lives are mm-hmm. so you know get up and go to work to, at the job that you hate every day yeah as long as i get to be entertained and at yeah. the end of the day yeah we had we had a circus on friday night <laughs> yeah we were entertained yeah are you not entertained i can't is, it, is that from a movie or something I feel like maybe Gladiator. Uh, okay, that's what I think. That's what Katie said too. Okay. Maybe uh, the Joaquin Phoenix character says at some point. Oh. Are you not entertained? I thought I, maybe it was Russell Crowe. Uh, I've never seen it, so I have no idea. Me either, but I think I've seen memes. All right, I think that's it. And then I got a couple things. Maybe I'll throw in at the end just some some discussion points. Okay, let's jump into All this right. one. This one's called Appraisals. And uh, the appraisals are basically like uh, yearly reviews. You want to hear something fun? Sure. I had to do my first appraisals this week. Really? For two people I supervise. <laughs> oh, geez. You just started there. How can you appraise somebody? You've only been there for like three months. I know. I'm, I'm their supervisor. That's, that's, my, okay. that's my job. I did ask their former supervisor okay. to give me some input, which cool. he did. So. Oh, good. But I had to sit in the office and be like, so this is what you said on your piece of paper. Mm-hmm. This is what I said on my piece of paper. <laughs> Interesting. That's fun. So I just thought that was fun timing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Where I used to work, we didn't do those. Oh, really? Uh-uh. Huh. I feel like it was 
they're like, if we do that, then and somebody gets a really good score, they'll have like some type of justification to ask for more money. Oh, God. <laughs> so we're just not going to do them. Yeah, let's not encourage anybody to do well. <laughs> No, no, we'll, no we'll, we will uh, strong arm people into doing well, right. but we're not going to acknowledge that <laughs> right. they did well. Oh, man. So the city of Cedar Rapids is very into this uh, organizational health. We always have to talk about organizational health. Okay. And I think this is part of that organizational health. Sure. Of like making sure that people are know where they are, how they're doing. Mm. And how I'm doing as a supervisor, they, there's like space for them to give me feedback. Mm-hmm. So Did you ask them if they thought you were funny? Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I ran my, my five-minute bit by both of them this week and be like, what do you think? Yeah. That, that was a whole appraisal time was, I, was me just working on my five minutes for the <laughs> contest on Friday night. Come on, you're <laughs> mental. That's mental. Uh, I like when David says that. That is good. So 11 o'clock is not the best time to do a five-minute set at 11 a.m. in the morning. It's not oh, the best yeah. time to do a, do a five-minute yeah. set. That's good. Yeah, but <laughs> you just run through it cold. You know? <laughs> if you get any laughs, you're like, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Um, I did give you a four on this one. You did not laugh at my vet joke, so I'm going to go and knock <laughs> this down to a three. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Okay, appraisals. So we start out, and the intro sequence is... Um, David walks up to Oliver. Oliver's the the lone black guy in the office. Mm-hmm. He walks up to him, and uh, t- he's like, "Hey, did you see that? Uh, I watched that uh, Denzel Washington movie last night." And Oliver's like, "Cool." <laughs> All right. And he's like, "I really." He's like, uh, Oliver goes, "Yeah, I like him." He's like, "Yeah, he's great." And then David stands there and awkwardly like fidgets with his tie, and then he's like, "Well, I'll see you later," and walks away. And then. The guy goes and turns back to his computer, and then David, of course, comes back, and he's like, he's not even my favorite actor of all time, by the way. And the guy's like, huh? He goes, yeah, my favorite actor is Mr. Sidney Poitier. Uh, And the guy's like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So he's trying to impress him by, you know. They mean black actors. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking about this. We were hanging out with Aloe on Friday night, and... uh, the song Use Me by Bill Withers came on and I go and I said to him like whenever I go to a bar I always play this song first on the jukebox and I was like thinking to myself he's probably like cool (laughs) (laughs) Mike knows one black musician (laughs) yeah Yeah, we should mention Al as a black guy (laughs) I was like I'm trying to impress Al because I listen to Bill Withers real David Brent up here Uh, so let's see. Uh, so that's the end of that scene. And so the next next scene is uh, Gareth and Tim sitting at their desks, and Gareth has one of those things that you squeeze to like strengthen your hand yes. grips. It's like the uh-huh. and uh, Tim goes, uh, "What are you building up your wrists there?" And uh, Gareth goes, "Yeah." And Tim goes, "When is the charity wankathon?" <laughs> that's great. That's great. But Gareth goes, "I don't know, but you'd win it." Good comeback, Gareth. <laughs> yeah, that's the best comeback yet. And Tim acknowledges, like, that's good. <laughs> he's like, what are you doing? Seriously. And Gareth goes, uh, orienteering. Uh, so he's training for orienteering with the TAs. The TA, all I can think, that's teacher's assistant? Uh, territorial Army. Oh, Territorial Army. That's okay. And orienteering is like a group sport that requires navigational skills using a map and a compass to navigate from point to point. So. Yeah. So he must be doing his like one weekend a month or whatever. And he's got to have strong wrists. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I have to climb some rocks, you know. He is a skinny cat, man. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. So now, um, Lee, they're still sitting there, and Lee and Dawn walk up, and Lee's got a, a obviously a bottle wrapped in like um, paper mache kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and he's he comes, he's just come to apologize to Tim for shoving him up against the wall. That because that's how the last episode ended, yeah, right? Yeah. He shoved Tim because Tim and Dawn were dancing together. And he says, you know, he's like, I was out of order. I was having a bad day, and uh, I was really wound up, and I shouldn't have done that. And, you know, they just sort of like, they're both very cool about it, I thought. Mm-hmm. And he seems sincere. I mean, it, initially, I didn't, it didn't seem like he wanted to. Don was kind of like, <laughs> right. do it. And, but they, they both seem sincere. Mm-hmm. And then he sets the bot or Tim sets the bottle on the, on the, on his desk. And, oh, no, I forgot. There's a part here where Gareth, Gareth is sitting there, and he goes, hey, just to put your mind at rest, there's nothing going on between them. Because I would know. I've been watching him like a hawk. And I imagine you've been watching her on your end. So between us, we've got it covered. And they're both just like, everybody just (laughs) awkwardly looks at him like, what? (laughs) And then they walk away and Tim sets the bottle that's wrapped on his desk and doesn't unwrap it. And uh, Gareth looks at him and he goes, probably a bottle of something. (laughs) Tim goes, you reckon? He goes, yeah, look at the shape. (laughs) So Gareth, he's got this figured out, <laughs> and he's so sincere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at the shape. <laughs> they were in David's office, and he's talking about today's staff appraisal day, and basically he's just talking about how some people get nervous because they think that they're, um, you know, their heads on the chopping block and stuff, and that you know we're just looking for opportunities to, and he's gonna say like check in with them and make sure they're okay or whatever. And Gareth goes, to separate the wheat from the chaff? And David goes, no, that sounds bad. This isn't a witch hunt. We're not trying to find out who the worst people are. And Gareth goes, we already know who they are. Dave goes, no. And Gareth goes, I've written them on my form and underlined them. And he hands them to David and he looks at it and he goes, you're missing the point. And then David looks at the form and he, he goes, yeah. <laughs> like, right, you got the right ones underlined. <laughs> Uh, so then Tim goes in. The next scene is Tim going into David's office to get his appraisal, and basically uh, they're just going through it. And he he's and David goes, "Oh, Tim Canterbury, a good man." The Canterbury Tales, Chaucer. So I think that's the first time we learned his last name is Canterbury. Yeah, is it Chaucer? Chaucer? Cha- Chaucer? Chaucer? Uh-huh. And Tim nods his head, and then he goes, "And Shakespeare." And then Tim kind of turns his head like, "Huh." <laughs> So I didn't know anything about the Canterbury Tales or Chaucer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I looked it up, and Canterbury Tales were written in the 1300s. Mm-hmm. And Shakespeare was alive in the 1500s. Yeah. So so David's just naming names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Free word association. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cleese. <laughs> Ronnie and Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so he's telling, he's going through his, uh, his, uh, assessment of Tim and he goes pleased with you very proud new leaf etc and then he goes trust encouragement reward loyalty satisfaction <laughs> he's doing all these motions with his hands <laughs> and, to really reinforce the the power of his words yeah <laughs> he's like he's like you're probably wondering why I'm so generous generous with encouragement he goes trust people and they'll be true to you treat them greatly and they will show themselves to be great. And he's like, so are you happier now? And Tim's like, well, I mean, yeah. Eventually I'm going to go back to school and get my psychology degree, though. And David goes, no point. 
He goes, sure, at 18 or 19, go to the university and get it out of your system. Wait t- waste time mucking around, getting drunk, and getting up at midday. And Tim goes, having casual sex? <laughs> and David's like, yeah, having casual sex, but we're in our 30s. And Tim goes, uh, I'm only just 30. You must be like, what, 39? So th- this is a reoccurring thing. <laughs> yes. Like, David is really struggling with the fact that he's... Uh, About to be 40. <laughs> yeah, he's got to be 40. He looked, There's no way he's 39. <laughs> he looks like he's 47. So this was 2002. Yeah. 2001, 2002. So if he was 40, that would have been born in 1962. Mm-hmm. I bet that's about right. Yeah. I, yeah, I bet he's about yeah. 10 years older than us. It's interesting because, like, I don't give Ricky Gervais enough credit, I think, for being a good actor because I think he's just sort of a douche. Um, but he's really good at being a douche. Yeah. I mean, like, even if I was one in real, which I might be, could be, um, <laughs> I don't know that I could recreate it on camera. Yeah, and this goes back to, we've talked about actors before and sort of actors just bringing themselves to a role. Like, there are very few actors that are just, like, blank slates. Mm-hmm. And can just like be anybody at any given time. Like Owen Wilson, he's he can be anything he wants at any time. Is that true? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's always himself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so Ricky Gervais is just playing some exaggerated version of himself. Right. I think. Yeah. Like he's kind of a douche in real life, and he's just this is an exaggerated version of of that. Right. <laughs> uh, but he's really good at conveying it on screen. Yes. Uh, so anyway, he's like. Uh, he tells he tells Tim that you know if he keeps his head down in a few years time he could be in the hot seat like him you know in his seat and Tim goes you mean when I'm nearly forty and Dave's like we're both in our thirties <laughs> uh, we're just chewing the fat uh, he goes you're on the right lines uh, and then he goes can I just and he wants to give him some advice and he goes if we're facing in the right direction all we have to do is keep walking. Tim goes, yeah, you're a real philosopher. And then David sort of like, you see him like looking at his desk or reading something. And he goes, he's like, it's just that I think our greatest glory is to, is not in never failing, but in rising every time we fall. And Tim's like, are you reading these? And and David's like, what? And he goes, the quotes, are they, are you reading quotes? And he's like, oh, sort of. And they look at the, and then Tim's like, oh yeah, Confucius, Bernard Shaw. And so that last one was Confucius, and the one before yeah. was a, a, a Buddhist um, proverb. Mm. He was, and then David's like, "Well, don't tell them I'm reading these." And Tim's <laughs> like, "I won't." He's like, uh, "I'll just I'll put it on the floor next time." And he's like, "Okay." So he wants the people in the office to think he's. And oh, he goes, he goes, I I am reading them, but I'm imparting my wisdom upon you. It's, uh, his wisdom comes from these right. things that he's read. I, I like that David's always like, I don't steal jokes, but then uh, <laughs> the thing he said, it doesn't matter who said them first. I'm passing on my wisdom. Yeah, <laughs> he's stealing, he's stealing jokes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now we go. Dawn's in David's office getting her appraisal, and she basically is talking about how she wants want always wanted to be an illustrator, which that's what Pam wants to do, wanted yes. to do. Uh, be, yeah, a artist. visual artist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, you know, she always if people would ask her, she'd say she was an illustrator who did some reception work. But then Lee thought it was a good idea for them both to get full time jobs, so now she's a receptionist. And uh, David's like, yeah, and a bloody good one, and you'll always have the art. He goes, uh, keep doodling. So that's classy. He goes, keep up the doodling. Uh, pipe dreams are, are are good in a way. So I looked. I where, where does the term pipe dream come from? Because mm. I didn't look it up, but I read the 
the description just said it's an unattainable or fanciful hope or yeah. plan. Yeah, what's the etymology of it? I yeah. don't know. I'll look it up for the next one. Okay. Uh, and she goes, well, I still hope it'll happen. And he goes, yeah, keep the dream alive, because otherwise, otherwise one day you'll go, oh, I could have made it. And she goes, yeah. And he goes, and at least, he goes, if you keep trying, at least when it's, when it doesn't happen, you can go, well, at least I gave it a go. <laughs> so he's, he's real. inspiring. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Talk about making somebody feel like they matter. Right. Now we go to Tim and Rachel there in the break room, kind of just joking around with each other. And she's smoking a cigarette, oh, which is like, wow, that's sort of jarring to see. Kind of yeah, like. But, yeah, it was so common. Yeah. <laughs> like, I often think about this. When I moved to Portland in 2001, or 2000, yeah, late 2001, uh, you could still smoke in bars. And, oh, I, yeah. and I just remember, like, playing shows mm-hmm. and just, like, at the end of the night, just, just reeking of cigarette smoke. And I, I like, I don't, I yeah. never smoked. Yeah. But just go home and I could just, like, smell it on everything. Yeah. It's so gross. <laughs> I used to go to the Deadwood downtown and, like, you couldn't, you couldn't see the other side of the bar. Oh, man. The other side of the room. <laughs> right. Just a fog. Yeah. And, like, afterwards, when they said you couldn't smoke anymore, you could still go in there and it still smelled like smoke. Yeah. Um, but you could see the other side of the room. I was like, oh, I've even, never even been back there. <laughs> what? They got pinball? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyway, they're just sort of flirting around and he... he uh, they're talking about how long she's been with the Swindon branch. Mm. She says a couple of years. I looked up Swindon and Slough just to see how far apart they were from each other. It was like it's like an hour. Mm-hmm. So when she said she'll go back to Swindon on the weekends, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, or you could go there every night. A lot right. of people drive an hour for their job. Yeah, that's that's very American. Oh, I, okay. I don't think that's a. Oh, I don't gotcha. think pe- people in other places do that. No, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, so now we're back and David and Don are in David's office and they're still doing her thing. And, uh, he asks her if he had, if she had to name a role model, who would it be? And she's like, Oh, like a historical person. And he goes, no, no, like someone in general life, someone who's inf- influenced you. And she's like, I suppose my mom, you know, she's faced a lot of adversary ad- adversity. Uh, and she goes, I remember when she had her hysterectomy and David cuts her off. He goes, well, if it wasn't your mother, though, like it doesn't even have to be a woman. And she goes, oh, like a man? And he goes, yeah. She goes, well, I supposed to be my father then? She goes, he goes, not your father. Let's take your parents as a read. Uh, and she goes, let's talk about like work-related influence. She goes, oh, okay. Then probably Tim. He goes, no, he's a friend. Uh, someone in authority, maybe. And she goes, oh, probably then Jennifer. So Jennifer, uh, I can't. I can Taylor. Taylor. Clark. Taylor Clark. Jennifer <laughs> Taylor Clark. Uh, and uh, he's like, uh, I thought we said not women. <laughs> he's like, she goes, oh, yeah, I guess you're the only one. He goes, he goes, oh, that's embarrassing. This has backfired on me. It's very flattering, though. So can we put me down as an influence? Or as, oh, and she's like, she goes, uh, Tim. <laughs> he goes, we said not Tim. Do you want me to put this down or not? She goes, yeah, sure. And he's like, I'll put strong role model. <laughs> she goes, okay. Uh, they, they really know how to ramp up the, the, the cringe yeah. on this show very well. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, the next scene is everybody's sitting around the office and all of a sudden an alarm goes off. And so it's just a, a fire drill, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so Gareth goes sprinting over to the door and like he's, 
he's uh, bar- like barking out orders, telling people not to, you know, telling people to move, don't run, don't don't run, don't panic, leave all your stuff behind. And the entire time he's like barking out orders, David's like talking to the camera. He's like, I'll be the last one out, you know. And he's like, I just do this every couple of months. Um, I don't have to by law, but it's it's always uh, good to simulate these types of things. And then Oliver is pushing the Brenda, the woman mm-hmm. in the wheelchair, towards the door. And David, like, stops stops him. He's like, well, uh, Gareth and I will take care of this. And so then Oliver leaves, and, and then she, David's like, I'm, I'm going to be the last one out. And so, like, they, he pushes her out. And the next, next thing you see is uh, or he bends down condescendingly to her, and he goes, we're going to get you out of here, all right? Like, she's like, I don't know. He's talking very slow. Yeah, like she's mentally <laughs> right. deficient or something. Right. Uh, and then the next scene is uh, David and Gareth like trying to carry her down the steps, and it's like flights and flights of stairs, and they're huffing and puffing, and they finally give up and just leave her on a landing. And they're like, "But this is a real fire. We'd take you all the way down." But since this is just a, and so she's just like stuck on this landing. Man. <laughs> and she looks up to the top, and the, the cameraman, obviously from the documentary, is like filming her, and she's just, like sitting there, like. Huh? <laughs> now they're outside, hanging out, um, waiting for the drill to be over, and Tim's like flirting around with Rachel, and uh, Dawn's watching her. We're watching them yeah. flirt with each other, and you can tell she's not liking it. Yep. Tim says something to to Rachel. He says, like, uh, I've got no problem with him visiting every child in a night, but I, I can't believe he stands in Barnardo's arguing with old women. <laughs> so they must be talking about Santa Claus, right? right. So I looked up our Barnardo's was, and it's uh, the UK's largest children's char- charity supporting over 301,000 children, young people, and parents and carers through over 1,000 services across the UK. I don't know what that has to do with Santa Claus, <laughs> right. but... I didn't even know what barn. I assumed it was a department store. So. Maybe they have like a Santa Claus dress up for Christmas and come to Barnardo's and <laughs> hand out presents to poor children. I guess I'm having a hard time saying Barnardo's. It doesn't. <laughs> that word does not come off my palate very well. Don's giving them the side eye, uh, and, and then we go to Gareth, who's um, being interviewed, and he is noticed that there's a situation that's arising. And he's like, I usually steer clear of the ladies at work, but there's someone that I've got my eye on. And he goes, I won't say who. And I don't know what Tim's playing at moving in on her. So basically, I mean, it's become obvious it's Rachel. I mean, he goes, he's already embarrassed himself once before asking Dawn out. And so this is only going to end in tears. He goes, I like to play it cool. Uh, uh, he's not a man of the world like me. <laughs> It's the second time he said that. He said that about his dad too. Oh yeah, he's like, uh, he's like, I can read women, and you've got to know their wants and needs, and that can be anything from making sure she's got enough money to buy groceries each week, or to making sure she's sexually gratified after intercourse. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, you know, he's going to finish, but then he just doesn't roll over and oh, call he it just night, keeps, you know? just keeps pounding away. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I think Katie and I agree that uh, Gareth is an incel. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be an incel. He went home with that couple. Well, <laughs> he did. He's got the uh, he's got the he's got the attitude. He's of got an the personality incel. traits of an incel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I was just wondering, um, are you just going to sleep with Jamie, or are you going to spread it around a little bit? <laughs> All right, I'm done. <laughs> uh, 
group's walking back into the office now, and Don and Tim are together, and and she goes, I noticed you're using all of your best lines on Rachel. He goes, best lines? I was just being friendly. She goes, yeah, sort of, but more than that, huh? And he's like, more than? She's like, more than friendly. And then that, that's the end of it. So mm-hmm. she's getting shown a little jealousy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this is my favorite scene in this entire episode, this next maybe, one. Maybe the entire show so far. <laughs> and it's so fucking, it's so simple and dumb. Uh, I showed my wife, and I'm like, watch this. And she's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> she did not think it was funny. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Well, I think she thought it was funny, but not like I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> This is my. This is by far my favorite scene of the show so far. Okay, yeah. So Keith and David is giving Keith his appraisal, and Keith is the guy like who's dopey, and yeah. he's Kevin. Yeah, but but like even more detached than Kevin. Yeah, like, not as sweet as Kevin. Yeah, yeah, not as sweet. Not not quite as goofy. Right. He just like does not care about anything. Right. <laughs> uh, so David goes. So under strengths, you put accounts, and Keith goes, yeah. And he's chewing gum the whole time, <laughs> just mashing away at it. That's what my wife's like. I was about to lose my mind. Uh, David goes, that's your job, though. Uh, he goes, I'm sort of looking for the skills within your job. So is there anything else you could have put there? And Keith goes, no. <laughs> uh, and he goes, okay. And under weaknesses, you've put eczema? <laughs> So I'm just going to keep going with that because this next scene is kind of inconsequential. Yeah. Or maybe we'll come back to that one. It's, it's just... Uh, uh, well, I guess we can cover yeah. it, yeah. So it's Rachel and Don talking, and basically Rachel's asking Don if Tim's taken, mm-hmm. and then yes. and uh, she she's like, no. And she's like, well, would you go out with him? And, Don, and Don's like, well, uh, you know, I'm off the market or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she goes, yeah, but if you weren't, would you? And Don goes, if I weren't. Madness. <laughs> so you could, and she's like obviously thinking pretty deeply about yes. if she wasn't. Yeah. So now we get back to Keith, David, and Keith. And David goes, "You've left this section completely blank. You haven't done the Q and A." Keith goes, "Well, I thought you filled that in." <laughs> David goes, "No, this is aimed at you." Uh, and then he goes, "To what extent do you believe that you have the skills and knowledge to perform your job effectively?" And then you just tick one of these boxes. No, not at all. To some extent, very much so, don't know. What would you tick? Keith goes, and every time it's like this long pause where he's chewing and staring at him, and he goes, don't know. <laughs> David goes, okay. And he, and he checks it off for him. He goes, question number two. Do you feel you've received adequate training to use your computer effectively? Another long pause, chewing gum, and he goes, what are the options? <laughs> He goes same same. They're always the same. Uh, not at all. To some extent, to some extent, very much so. Don't know. Keith goes, don't know. <laughs> David's like, don't know again. Okay. Uh, do you feel you're given the flexibility to decide how to best accomplish your goals? And then they sit and stare at each other for a while. And then David goes, do you want the options again? <laughs> Keith goes, yeah. And David goes. Not at all, to some extent. He goes, they're always the same. Very much so, don't know. Keith goes, don't know. <laughs> David goes, if don't know, no, if don't know wasn't there, what would you put? And then Keith stares at him for a while and he goes, what are the options? <laughs> 
David goes, not at all. To some extent, very much so. Uh, and Keith goes, very much so. <laughs> and then David goes, do you remember what the question was? Keith goes, no. <laughs> uh, so that was just the best scene. He just kept every time. What were the options? Oh, man. And... I love it when David gets so frustrated. <laughs> it's just like it's my favorite thing because you know he is a frustrating one, yeah. and everybody has to deal with him. Right. And when somebody can just like wind him up, confound him. Oh yeah. man! <laughs> oh, that was great. Uh, so now uh, all the Swindon people are in an in an office or in a conference room with Neil, and then David walks in, and he as he's walking in, he's like, you know. I, I can't give these guys an appraisal um, because they're uh, they've only been here for a week or whatever, and uh, and then Neil stops talking. He's like, "Oh, sorry, I was just showing them something." And then David's like, We're "Keeping them occupied for me, the main event, kind of like he's the star of the show." He's like, "I hope you warm them up better than last time." Oh, God. And then Neil's like, "Yeah," and he just kind of like leaves. And then somebody yawns, <laughs> and uh, so then David's like, "So obviously, uh, I can't you, I can't give you appraisal since you've only been here for a week. But I did want to get a flavor to see how you're settling in. I know it's probably not the same vibe you're used to. Neil used to, or Neil ruled with a bit of more, a bit more of an iron fist than me. Um, and they're all just sort of sitting there staring at him blankly, which is funny because like they're so happy and engaged talking to Neil, yes. and then they just go from that to just blank like, stares, no affect whatsoever. Yeah, yeah." He goes, is it more laid back here? And nobody answers. And uh, David points at a guy. He goes, do you think it's more laid back? And the guy kind of shrugs and says, yeah. He goes, then say yes if you think it's more laid back. It's more fun here. And then the woman, Trudy, she goes, well, uh, he's like, what? And she's like, oh, it's nothing. He's like, no, go on. She goes, well, we're used to doing stuff, (laughs) like working hard and being motivated. There's just not much dynamism. Dynamism? 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 I don't know. That's a weird word. There's not much dynamism out there. I mean, people look like they're getting away with murder. Uh, he goes having a David goes having a laugh. She goes, well, I think quite a few a few of us are bored. And he goes, oh, so you preferred Swindon? And the the guy, one of the guys, goes, well, it's more of a laugh. He goes, you're having a laugh saying that. <laughs> he goes, what was so good about Swindon, Neil? So like that's his insecurity, right? Yes. And the guy goes, oh, yeah, for one. (laughs) And he goes, what, you prefer Neil to me? And the guy kind of nods, and he goes, who thinks Neil's more of a laugh than me? And then they all raise their hand. He goes, that's mental. (laughs) Come off of it. He's like, we're going to have a drink. Come out for a drink with me and see who's more of a laugh. Put your money where your mouth is. We'll go for a drink during lunchtime. And then he walks out, and he's like, He's like, we're gonna show these people how the slough lot are. We're gonna have go out for lunch, and then he goes over to Keith. <laughs> He's like, Keith, what are you doing for lunch? <laughs> if you're looking for somebody to show them who's fun. I'm not sure if Keith this year is your man. So now they're at a at a pub, and David's got some. He's got some pints in his hands, and he's bringing them to the table. He's like, Welcome to Alcoholics Anonymous. He's like, No. Purely social. I know someone who's an alcoholic, and uh, it's no laughing matter. So he's got to correct himself and make himself look good again. Mm-hmm. He goes, particularly for his wife. She's got alopecia, so <laughs> not a happy home life. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> his eldest is like that Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man. It's probably what turned him into it in the first place. <laughs> Just, what a guy. Uh, and so he, he goes around the table, and uh, as he's going to get to his seat, Brenda's sitting next to him. She's the woman in the wheelchair. He just grabs her and pulls her out of the way <laughs> and then pulls her back in. like Just like tossing her around. Yeah, like her, her chair is just this piece of equipment that he can handle. Um, so he's like, you guys looking forward to the weekend? And everyone's like, cheers, you know, kind of like, yeah. He goes, that's a lovely drop of ale. He goes, that's courage. And I was like, I don't understand what that means, but courage is a, is a brewery. Yeah. Uh, and he said that it used to be around here, but the main one's in Reading. I said that right. Not reading, Reading. Reading. <laughs> is there a Reading music festival? Yeah, that's, the, that's the only reason I know it. I just watched a documentary with L7. Mm. Remember them? Mm-hmm. Reading, Reading's where the singer pulled out her tampon and threw it in the crowd because oh, they were wow. throwing mud at her. Oh, no shit. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> and some people probably didn't think it was great. <laughs> but she was badass. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, they're just talking about Courage Brewery, and he's trying to make small talk, and nobody's really getting into it. I looked up Courage Brewery, and it was uh, uh, founded by John Courage in 1787 Whoa. in London, England. Oh, I was thinking it was like some weird like microbrewery or something. No. Yeah. It's like an old one. Yeah. Crazy. Kind of cool. So then he's talking, and the two guys start whispering to each other, and uh, David's like, Cuts them off from talking. He's like, "What?" And they're like, "Oh, it's just a private joke." And he's like, "And then he, then David like stops them, and he's like, you know what? A good place to eat is Gardner's Arms.'" I looked up Gardner's Arms, and there's one in Uxbridge, which is like 20 minutes east of Slough. Mm. It's a real place. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Then the guys start whispering to each other again, and David's like, "What are you doing?" And And the one guy goes, "It's just a guy over there who looks like someone that we know." And David's like. Focus. You'll get more out of this in the long run. And then he goes, and I forgot what I was saying. And then he goes back to talking about Courage Brewery. And then they cut away to uh, Don and Tim throwing darts in the... You ever notice there's no work happening? <laughs> well, that's, that's all we just learned from the Swindon lot. Yeah. <laughs> People get away with murder around here. We're used to doing work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing happens around here. Yeah. Uh, I like that David, like, uh, he, when he... Like, after interrupting them, he's like, I forgot what I was saying. That happens when you... Courage. <laughs> That's all I can say. He's not even talking about the brewery anymore. He just goes, courage. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he twisted at his tie and <laughs> half-smiled while he said it. So Don and, Don and Tim are playing darts in the break room, and then Rachel comes in, and she basically asks Tim if he wants to uh, go to Yates, which is a wine lodge, tonight to have a couple drinks after work and she invites don and lee but don says they probably can't come so uh basically they're gonna go on a date mm-hmm. have a couple drinks hey brian what are you doing buddy she leaves and uh, don goes that'll be fun he goes yeah yeah it'll be cool cool as a cucumber <laughs> <laughs> so that's he's uh nobody's really comfortable with the situation no <laughs> <laughs> yep so now they're back at the pub or we're back at the pub watching keith eat <laughs> Like, everybody's done eating but Keith. Right. right. Yeah. Or it didn't even look like anybody else had got food. Oh. <laughs> I just assumed it that Keith... It looked like they was... all got drinks. Okay. I just assumed that 
Keith was eating so slow that everybody was like long done, and he was just still like small bites. Yeah. <laughs> so we're watching him, and he's just slowly eating and eating, and finally he puts his fork down, and David goes, "Good." He goes, "It was all right." <laughs> so still, he's kind of a lukewarm kind of guy. So then. Um, David tries to make some more small talk about Gardner's arms again. And then in the middle of it, he just goes, you know, this has been a washout. He goes, I don't even know why I bother. Uh, it's, it's as if no one else is even going to make an effort. And one of the guys goes, we have made an effort. And, the guy goes, and David's like, what? He goes, we've made an effort. And he goes, well, I'm not having a go at you. And then he gestures at Brenda, the woman in the wheelchair, and he goes, obviously the best people haven't turned up. He's like, I'm going to shoot back to the office. I'll see you later. And then he pushes Brenda out of the way right. again. I did look at the table of people, so it was it was Brenda and like two dudes, and then it was Keith, mm-hmm. and then it was uh, Sheila. <laughs> so that's who that's who David brought was yeah, Keith, and, Keith Sheila. and Sheila. <laughs> and Sheila was famous for. Uh, she was the only one that raised her hand when Gareth said, "Does anybody trust me?" <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then he kind of walks off in a huff. And he comes back to the office and Neil and the other... Neil's in the office with everybody and they're kind of goofing around playing cricket. Mm-hmm. Some version of cricket. Yeah, he's got like the little... I don't know what they call that. Do they call it a... Let's let's look that up. Paddle? <laughs> the cricket oh, yeah. paddle? Oh, I think, I think they call it a bat. Oh. Maybe a paddle. I don't know. I don't know. It looks like a boat oar. Yes. Uh, All right. Well, I'll, I'll come and just I'll I'll just give give a rundown of the rules of cricket next uh, time. Not all. If you don't want to, <laughs> we're just going to read the whole cricket international cricket rule book. <laughs> okay. Maybe we can have that in a special edition <laughs> that everybody can skip over. <laughs> so David comes in. He's like, "What are you doing?" To Gareth, and Gareth goes, "Having a laugh." And David goes, "Are you? You could have had a laugh at the pub at lunch." Selfish. Gareth is like, "Huh?" And then David kind of sticks his head into the circle of people, and he goes, bit dangerous, isn't it, in the office? And he goes, you want to work? Maybe you guys should work. It's quarter past two. And Neil goes, all right, uh, we're just finishing off right now. And David goes, yeah, just finishing off. Just want to be popular with the, as the new boss. Oh, love me. Pathetic. <laughs> and he walks into his office, storms into his office. And Neil's like, all right, maybe we should hang this up for the day. And he hands the stuff to Tim. Kind of walks into David's office to settle the score here. So I will say, um, so I read this political blog all the time, and so one of the things they always say is, uh, "Every accusation is a confession." Oh yeah, and so <laughs> that's, that's that's like David, yeah. pathetic, wanting to be loved, pathetic. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Are you talking about Donald Trump at all? Uh, yeah, I mean yeah. that that might be part of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I've read that same type of uh, thought process. So Neil walks in, and he's like, can I have a word with you? And David goes, if you want. And uh, so he's he's still feeling uh, hurt, but he's also feeling confident. Mm. His confidence goes Easy. away here pretty soon. <laughs> okay. uh, Neil goes, I'm confused. I don't know what to happen just there, but you obviously have a problem with me. What is it? And David goes, no, it's time for work, isn't it? That's what you always say. Let's work instead of mucking around in the office. And Neil's like, your attitude confuses me. If you don't want to tell me what the problem is, that's fine. But don't speak to me like that in front of the staff. You're acting like a petulant kid. <laughs> and then David's like, young at heart. Kind of like trying to be, have a quick quip back to him. 
you know, goes, if you've got a problem, come speak to me, but don't stand out there and embarrass me and yourself because I won't stand for it. Uh, I've been trying to be nice to you. I've been trying to deal with this situation delicately because I was mildly embarrassed that we were equivalents and now I'm your boss. But that's the deal. Live with it. He's like, I don't let anyone talk to me the way you just did. Not my staff, not my boss, and certainly not you. Do you understand? And then David's like, uh, yeah. So he lost his confidence. Yeah, you, you can kind of see David like physically deflate a yeah, little bit. Yeah, shrinking. <laughs> and then Neil's like, do you understand? And he's like, yes. He goes, good. He's you're, you're a good bloke, Dave. And if there's a problem, I'd rather we discuss it sensibly and not have these little chats. And then he's like, shake on it. And then David shakes his hand. And he's like, great, thanks. And he walks out. And so he leaves. And as soon as he leaves... He, he like packs up his stuff to leave for the night and he's like well you guys take care have a good night and talk to the guys and then david comes out and this is like the greasiest thing yeah this is next level david here yeah a lot a lot of times he um he can twist whatever he thinks into like his or whatever happened into like being a, his truth mm-hmm. this is just outright lying <laughs> right so he's like did you hear he comes out to to Tim and Gareth and one other guy. Jamie. Jamie, yeah. He's like, did you hear that? Did you hear that conversation in there? And Tim was like, no. He goes, I had it out with Neil. He showed his true colors in there, didn't he? And Tim's like, what do you mean? He seems all right to me. And David's like, oh, is that what you think? Well, then I better not say. But you better watch your back. And he points to Gareth. He goes, he was slagging off on you. And then, and then he goes, and then he points at, Dave, at Tim, and he's like, slagging off on you. Gareth goes, me personally? He's like, yeah. Gareth goes, just me? <laughs> David goes, yeah. And you, points at Tim, slagging off on all of you. And Gareth goes, what was he saying? He's, he's like, oh, he was just going, oh, you are a lot of rubbish. He was going, you're swinging. He's like, uh, he said that his lot was was the shit, I guess. Mm. And he's like, he got aggressive, and I went berserk, <laughs> which is hilarious because they can all see him. Right. <laughs> and it only took like, I mean, he was in there for like 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> He goes, and Gareth goes, did you hit him? David goes, no. If I had, he'd have come through that wall. <laughs> so this is, that's, I, you, everybody knows a person like this, right? Yes, like some yeah. fucking guy who's like all talk. And yep. Tim goes, I don't know. He's pretty trim, mate. And David goes, yeah, against karate. Or he goes, against karate? And Tim's like, uh, so what did he actually say? He goes, he was just slagging off. He said, you're our little slugs with no personality. Uh, you're jealous that we're better than everything than you at better better at everything than you he goes and i'll tell you on a serious note if i did if it did kick off between me and him get out i do not want you lot getting hurt it's not worth it gareth goes well i'd step in if you want david goes he kind of gets his confidence back and he kind of hits gareth like on the shoulder and he goes no this is big boy shit mate but cheer you know like cheer like you know you this is out you that's out of your league instead of go from just getting his ass handed to him to coming out here and 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 pumping himself back up by just completely lying. Yeah. Gareth goes, he goes, if you hit him hard above the ears, it will cause a vacuum in his brain that kills him instantly. <laughs> <laughs> and then David's like, I don't want him to die. I want to I want to keep that little twat alive with the shit I was gonna pull on him. So, <laughs> jeez. Like yeah, he's he was just like a like an animal backed into a corner, and yeah. all he can do is attack. But he's not going to attack Neil. No, because Neil just put him in his place. All he can do is yeah. create some scenario where he gets to regain his honor by lying. Yeah, 
Yeah, this reminds me of like all those scenes you see in like movies and sitcoms where the guy's like, "Yeah, I'd kick his ass if he was if he was here right now," and then he's standing behind me, right. and then he's like, "He's behind me right now," isn't he? <laughs> but he wasn't. Yeah. What season were we talking about? Where like uh, maybe it's Freaks and Geeks where. Oh yeah, when, when they get in a fight and they're like, you know, like hit him in the nose because if, if you hit him in the nose and it goes up into their brain and kills them instantly. Or oh something. yeah, yeah. And Garrett's is like hit him behind the ears, you know, it creates <laughs> a vacuum in the brain and kills them instantly. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was showing that girl at the dance club oh, how, right. or how, the, to, yeah. how to how to palm, <clears throat> palm to palm to the nose. Yeah, drive up into the brain. <laughs> so now we go to a scene where Gareth is in the break room with Rachel, and that's Tim's new love interest. If mm-hmm. we don't remember her name, and Gareth. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> and he says hi to her, and he's like, you don't have a boyfriend, do you? And she goes, no. He goes, any kids from previous marriages or anything? <laughs> I love how she plays with him, because she's like, most people would just be like, get the fuck away from me. And she's just like toying with him. He's like, she goes, no. He goes, would you like to come out for a drink with me tonight? And he goes, she goes, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm already going out with Tim. He goes, tonight? She goes, yeah. And then he goes, can I come? <laughs> Which is the best. And she goes, not really. He goes, you're planning on getting off with him or anything? And she's like, hey, I don't think that's your business. He's like, yeah, sorry, that's not my business. Go out and have a drink by all means. Enjoy yourself. Just know if if you don't go all the way with Tim, I will still be interested. She goes, oh, thanks. That is good to know. So she's messing with him. She's like, I have something. I, she goes, it's good to know I have something to fall back on. She goes, but what if I do go all the way with Tim, but I want a little bit more with you? <laughs> and, and he's like, he's so serious. He's like, I don't usually do sloppy seconds, but I judge everything on its own individual merit. So we'll cross that river when we come to it. And she's like, oh, thanks. That's good to know. So, and he's like, no problem. And he walks out. And then... uh Jamie comes in, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. as he walks in, he and Rachel start talking about boiling uh, tea, a teapot, <laughs> yeah. I guess. And uh, and then so he's in the in the in the break room. She's standing by the doorway, and then Gareth comes walking back. So this guy's pinned in there, so he can't get away from them from hearing this conversation. And he goes, "One amendment: if you go, if you do go all the way with Tim, and you expect me to go in there afterwards." And he points at her <laughs> vagina. <laughs> he goes. Make sure to wear a condom. It's sort of a rule. And then he walks away, and then that guy goes, is there any milk in the fridge? <laughs> or he goes, is there any milk? And she's like, yeah, it's in the fridge. And that was it. Uh, they're, they're, this show's very good at like just setting up like these quick little yeah. like uh, funny interactions that you know aren't, aren't necessary to the story at all, right. but just create... They're funny and like some create some weird tension. Yeah, like the tension of the show never really drops. I would agree. Maybe, maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's why it's so hard to watch. Is like they just never really give you a break. Yeah, you don't like, get like at the end of like a lot of the episodes of the U.S. Off, or the American Office, they give you some relief and mm-hmm. give you a happy ending to mm-hmm. a to an episode. Mm-hmm. Not here. No. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. It's just going to end as awkwardly as the whole show happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So now uh, it's the end of the day, and uh, Tim and Rachel walk by Don's office, and they're leaving. And then um, Don goes into David's office, uh, and he's it's just them two left, or the only ones left. And uh, I was nervous he was going to like hit on her or something. Right. And he basically tells her that gives her some tasks that she, he wants to have done right away, which is like not his style at all. Um, and she's like, "All right, well, I will see you on Monday." 
as she's walking out, he's like, uh, Don, I'm fed up. And she's like, what? <laughs> he's like, this place, I'm fed up with this place. Uh, he's like, I don't usually say anything, but this place is a right shithole. And she's like, do you think that? And he's like, he's like, yeah. And then he goes, do you think I'm funny? And she's like, hmm, <laughs> yeah. And he goes, do you think Neil's funny? And he has her sit down. She's like, uh, do I think Neil's funny? I don't really know him. And she goes, he goes, but is he funnier than me? And she's like, oh, no, definitely not. You can tell she's just, like, placating him, right? Yes. Uh, he's like, right. He's like, I wish you'd, I wish you'd tell that Swindon lot, uh, that miserable, bu- miserable bunch, that he was funny, you know? And he's like, what's your favorite stuff that I do comedy-wise? Which is hilarious to me, because I, like, as somebody who does comedy, I love being around another comic who's like, what's what's your favorite joke of mine? And I'm always <laughs> like, I don't remember. I don't remember any of your jokes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I really have to see a comedian, like, or a lot of times before their jokes stick in my head. Yeah. Just because when you're sitting at an open mic, you hear, you know, 300 jokes and... Yeah. Of course, of a, a couple hours. Yeah. What's your favorite joke of mine? Uh, <laughs> hey, Mike. What's your fa- What's my favorite joke? What's your, What's no? What's your favorite joke of mine? Oh, it's probably that one that you do about smoking Joes. <laughs> yeah, <that's> sweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so he goes, "What's your favorite stuff that I do comedy wise?" And she goes, "This is all pretty much how I always answer." Oh boy, there's just so much. <laughs> he goes, "Is it the impressions?" She goes, "Yeah, the impressions." <laughs> He goes, which one? She goes, which ones were there again? He goes, Kermit? She goes, Kermit. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> She's playing this very well. Yeah. He's like, welcome to the Muppet Show. Hiya, frog. And he goes, Miss Piggy. <laughs> and then he goes, you know, Kermit's nephew, uh, Robin. And he goes, here's, and he starts singing some, doing some impression of Kermit's nephew, the Robin? I don't even know who that is. Yeah. And then she goes, so he's doing all these different Muppets, and she goes, do you do Gonzo? He goes, no. <laughs> Her one input. Yeah. He goes, do you want a beer? And she goes, oh, I can't go to the pub. He goes, no, I've got some here, ready for emergencies. And he pulls out two beers, and then he rolls a chair over, and it sits like right by her. Probably too close. <laughs> and she looks like she's not happy, but no. she's got this beer. And then he goes... He goes, I was looking through some of my old poems that I used to do. And she's like, oh, I didn't know you did poems. And he, she's like, what are they? Or what sort of poems? And he pulls this book out and he goes, here's one. They're quite powerful. And he goes, I'll read. He goes, shall I read it to you? And she kind of she's like, oh, do I have a choice? Kind of shrugs her yeah, do I have a choice in this situation? <laughs> he goes, this one's called Excalibur. <laughs> he goes, I froze your tears and made a dagger. And stabbed it in my cock forever. <laughs> That's so dumb. It stays there like Excalibur. Are you my Arthur? Say you are. <laughs> she goes, oh, good. And he goes, take this cool, dark steel blade. Steal it, sheath it in your lake. I'd drown, you. I'd drown with you to be together. Must you breathe? Because I need heaven. She goes, hmm, powerful. He goes, Very. Uh, double meanings. Did, did you get the double meanings? And she's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, and then he starts whistling, and he starts blowing in his bottle and whistling. And then that's the end of the episode. The credits roll, and then they come back, and then he's teaching Dawn to whistle in her bottle. <laughs> she's trying to whistle. That's oh, it. Man. What was it? What was the poet's name who wrote Slough? Betjeman, Sir John Betjeman. Okay. Yeah. David. David is a. Uh, you know, Betjeman was overrated. 
Benjamin compared to... To, to David Brent, yeah. I think so, yeah. <laughs> wow, that episode was weird. Yeah, that, and may, maybe it's always like this, but this one felt a little bit more like there were just like more cuts. Yeah, real choppy. Mm-hmm. But I still think about that Keith appraisal scene a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't know. <laughs> well, if don't know wasn't an option, what would you pick? Very much so. <laughs> just like, that was so perfectly yeah. written and so perfectly performed between yeah. those two. Do you remember the question? No. <laughs> <laughs> it does remind me that uh, in the training episode where they ask Keith, why do you work here? And he's like, it's just a stopgap. Like, it's an easy job. It doesn't take any brain power. I don't care about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then to see him in the appraisal, like knowing that about him, where he just does not <laughs> care. You give me whatever score you want. I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, that was good stuff. So we're getting we're we're getting towards the halfway point of the second season. So three, yeah, we're gonna be wrapping up pretty soon. Yeah, and then and then on to reservation yeah. dogs, baby. We're going to, we're going to sort of be what this is the first show I think that we're sort of going to podcast as. It's happening. Oh, that's true. Pretty much. Like, that's everything true. else has already aired, and uh-huh. we've gone back and watched it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's going to fuck something Ryan up. Ryan is licking every swizzle stick. Yeah, he's <laughs> oh, you're going to do something at the end. I thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I, I was thinking, listening to the last episode, we were talking about just sort of like the bleakness of work, mm-hmm. like especially in this type of office. And uh, the British version is just so much more bleak. Mm-hmm. Than the American version, <laughs> everything about it—the way people dress, their their uh, demeanor, mm-hmm. like the darkness of the office—yeah, like you know the the British office is just like shot so much darker than the than the American version, right? Um, yeah, that's just one of the things I was thinking about was just how bleak this is compared to the American version. I know we've discussed this before, but like the uh, the the suits that they're wearing. Um, and being big or whatever, but I was noticing when um, Neil was was chewing David out. David was standing there, and he had like his jacket was like this, so it was like down over, over his, his fingers. Uh-huh. So he looked like a child wearing it. So, you know uh-huh. what I, mean? I don't know if that was intentional uh-huh. or not, but he looked like a little kid getting like chewed out, chewed out by, <laughs> by, by, his, by my dad. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 Neil's suits are very form fitting. Like he's yeah. very put together. So. So there is, they are telling us something. It's not just so. a style. I think so, yeah. Are we done? I don't know, I guess. All right. Let's call hey, it. you've been listening to Wes and Mike Waste Time Watching TV, Season 5, Episode 8 of The British Office. Let's waste more time next time. <laughs>